Hello, uh, listeners. I keep saying watchers, because I'm so used to YouTube, but, uh, this is episode 7 of Brainstorm Kitchen. Uh, yeah, and it's nice to have everybody here right now. Um, I think we're always gonna say the episode number with, like, a question mark on it. I think that's going to be the case. Uh, right now, it's really, uh, <laughs> I, I, especially for me as the kind of person that I am, I'm not aware of anything that I'm doing in relation to what I've done beforehand. So <laughs> it's never a good idea to number things in my mind. But I think we're on eight now or seven. No, I think it's seven. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's keeping track. Yeah. And uh, today, it's just the two of us. Sorry about that. <laughs> we'll have... Uh, Probably another interview next episode, but uh, today we thought we'd just kind of talk about how our tastes have evolved over the years. Which is a really interesting topic, because I mean, uh, there, for me, I know there's a lot of things that I did not enjoy as a kid, and now I'll pretty much eat anything, so... Um, I think we have a lot of stuff we can talk about today, so... Um, actually, and... and and we maybe we can start with you, Quinn. So, have you, is, has there been any food that you grew up with that you were just like, I will not eat this, and then it just happened to be that after time you just got used to it? Yeah, um, probably there are two big ones for me. The first being bitterness. I know it's sort of known that in general, as you get older, you get sort of more used to bitterness, but for me, I, like, jumped from, like, zero to ten, and, like, oh, I want bitter in my life. <laughs> I think it's also been a cultural thing, though, too. I feel like, in general, people have started to embrace bitter as a, as, as a flavor than, than before. I mean, just, just looking at, like, for example, um, IPA beers are really popular now, and I feel like, um, that, and also black coffee is really popular. And I remember like for my mom's generation, like nobody would ever drink a beer that bitter or they wouldn't ever drink coffee that wasn't, you know, somehow reduced with milk or, or sugar to get rid of some of the bitterness. But, but I think, yeah. For me, the example is a Negroni cocktail or anything else with Campari in it. Cause like no one else I know can stand a lot of Campari in a yeah. drink. And I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, okay, that I can see. And also for me, I also do not like Campari, which is very bitter. I, I like it's it's a very specific acquired flavor. I mean, maybe that's one thing I don't like. <laughs> maybe but in enough time I will. So what else I mean, uh I mean, besides Campari, do you have other examples of things that like you just didn't like and then you were like, Okay, after after enough time the bitterness like it was like, Okay, I can handle this and then you came to the point where you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, this. Yeah, coffee is one of like I never liked coffee and i don't like drink it a ton now but now i i do enjoy it as a more of a, a flavoring in other items and uh yeah. of course now i'm a big tea snob and certain teas can be a bit bitter or astringent and i'm like all about that yeah <clears throat> like which like green tea basically or yeah well green tea well green tea if you brew it right is pretty smooth but, like, if a tea is bitter, I don't care. Okay. And I, I, think... I, I never drink... I always drink tea straight. Nothing in it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think for me, there's some things that I really like bitter. Like, but again, it's the same thing. I used to remember growing up with with coffee in my milk in my coffee, um, and then slowly, out of necessity slash time, in college, I just like didn't have the time to put milk in my coffee every time and stir the sugar and all that crap. And then at some point, somebody's like, also just stopped me and was like, "Dude, you are missing out on the flavor of coffee by putting milk into your coffee." And uh, I tried this, and then like after a while, I was just like. You know, between the necessity and also just being able to taste the coffee and having access to really great coffee, um, you just realize like, why would you ever put milk in coffee? Now I kind of like, I, I never do this anymore, and uh, um, I really enjoy drinking my coffee black, and that is definitely a source of bitterness. Um, I think another big one that probably a lot of people go to is gra- graduating from milk chocolate to dark chocolate. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, especially that roasted, that dark roasted flavor. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's 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 so much better. You know, I feel like I mean, there's definitely. I, I still, have a, I still, yeah, no, I think we we both still have a soft spot for milk yeah. chocolate. But. Yeah, there's still a time and a place. Like for example, I mean, okay, I we might be dating this a little bit, but we're recording this on Easter right now, and uh, you know, Easter chocolate is almost by definition really bottom of the barrel chocolate but for some reason it's really good you know it's definitely not like at least for the chocolate that i normally get during easter it's not the the creme de la creme of chocolate but it's really nice to have this milky sugary chocolate that you get you know you know in easter eggs and that kind of stuff yeah i would say the other thing that i think i'm more on the extreme end of stuff is like burnt and charred things yeah like because i'm like you know, some people, they char vegetables and peppers, and then they, like, scrape it off. I'm like, no, I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's also becoming a food trend, I feel like, as well. I just saw a video on this, and I was like, oh, you can do this. You can you can burn your vegetables if you do it very carefully. And uh, that's, it's good. I mean, I mean, it's cool that we're finally playing with the flavor of bitter. But, I mean, I think... Bitter normally comes from uh, from kind of poison, right? Like, isn't this the origin of this flavor? I mean, this yeah, taste? certain po- poison things are bitter, but so are like bitter greens that are really dense in nutrients. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of uh, raw vegetables can be kind of bitter as well, like like Brussels sprouts, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if they're actually healthy? But they definitely. <laughs> They definitely, uh, they're, they're quite bitter, and, and I'm again, guessing they're not going to kill you. Tea and coffee and chocolate, all yes, primarily yes. bitter, right? Mm, good stuff. Yeah. Um, also, pine can be a little bitter, uh, which I really like as well. Um, yeah. All right, has there been anything that you enjoyed as a kid that you just can't eat as an adult? So going the other way, is there something that like you just like you anti-grew, <laughs> like um, you, you learned to hate? No. Again, my, t- my taste... I've definitely evolved, but there's very little where I'm like, nostalgia can't win me over in the right moment. Like, I still love a good box of crap dinner. Uh, for those of yeah. you, for those of you not in the know, in Canada, craft macaroni and cheese is just called crap dinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... I think the same thing as well. I, I can kind of think there's there's maybe some things that I used to eat as a kid that I just can't oh, as an adult. Actually, I know. I know what it is. What's up? It's Chef Wardy. Oh, yeah. 
For example, that is an act example of something that I just cannot eat as an adult. It's just too much. Okay, at and least then, with, uh, with, 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 with Minecraft dinner, you can, like, cook it a little better, and you can jazz it up a little bit, but with Chef Boyardee, it, there's no, there's no saving that. There's no saving. The pasta is basically just, like, a lump of, like, dough that mm. doesn't seem cooked, and the, the sauce is basically ketchup. And if you get the one with meatballs, the meat is just like, I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure it's not actually meat. <laughs> but I do intend one day to make a gourmet version of the ravioli and sauce. Because I do yeah. love the shape of the little ravioli. Those are yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think, you know, I, I've had, I've, maybe I've discussed this before, but like, there's, there's sometimes... Uh, the this this crappy food can get to you and like even though i'm kind of like hating on chef boyardee right now like i feel like there might come a day when i would just be sitting down and being like could eat some chef boyardee right now and like hey, do, do you know what does still have my heart unabashedly is alpha gabby what's that alpha gabby i yeah, oh like the alphabet spaghetti yes ah like, okay yeah comes in a can oh any day, any day. I I don't know if last time I had that. I think it's also dependent on what you've had as a kid. Because I mean, for example, if I were to now not have, so I don't think I've ever had al uh, alf, alpha getty is what you call yes, it. Yes. I I've never had this, so I would be curious if like, for example, if I tried to eat this, if I didn't have any nostalgic connection to this as a child, if I would just be like, this is crap, <laughs> you know, or like vice versa, if you had tried <laughs> foods that like I had as a kid that I just like loved, like I don't know bologna sandwiches or something and like you you made this and you try this and you'd be like what the fuck is this i mean i don't know it's it's possible it's kind of interesting well i think it's curious that chef boardee is uniquely shitty that we both had it as a kid and that yeah. we're both like no yeah yeah <laughs> i mean there's there's a bunch i think there's just a bunch of bottom i, I mean I think this is well. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but like so, our generation of uh, basically in our age range, um, it's actually been shown that we're using more fresh vegetables than than our parents did, and we're using um, even more canned vegetables than our parents did, and we're we're introducing a lot more, you know, varieties of healthy food into into the diet. And like mm -hmm. you know, of course, this is like where people criticize and they're like, oh, you know, these these uh, millennials are eating too much avocados. But the, the point is that I think that there's been kind of like, especially in the younger generation, a shift away from like these canned like foods. But we're still in this era mm. where like people kind of fondly remember these things. So it's kind yeah. of a really weird time to be uh, like, I, I wonder if, for example, if children born now would just like not have any desire to eat Chef Boyardee because the parents won't want to cook this for their children and you know, and the kids will never have any nostalgic connection to it. And yeah, or, or maybe we'll go f full loop and then those kids will like really enjoy eating Chef Boyardee as adults and then force this on their kids. And Yeah, it's one big cycle. Now, okay, let's get into the, the meat of the topic. Because I would say my biggest evolution in terms of taste is spicy. Because yeah. up until like Literally a few years ago, I was like, nothing. No spice. I didn't even do black pepper. Oh. Like, basically the only spice-ish I could handle 
was like a lot of garlic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now, and now I'm again with like capsaicin chilies. I'm still, you know, pretty wimpy. But also with certain things like black pepper. Oh, I can I can mow down some black pepper. That's that's pretty I mean, so do you think this is gonna continue to, to change as you get older? Like before you know it, you're gonna be just like, I can't handle enough pepper, I'm just gonna be eating straight like uh bootjalokia, like raw, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do want to get a little better with with capsaicin. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, what's your relationship with spice spiciness? Like? So I absolutely, um, like, absolutely 100% love spicy food, and I, 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 I did as a kid for some reason. I don't know why, um, and I, it's just gotten worse. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe refer to this a little bit negatively, but it's gotten worse uh, since I've gotten older. And um, also, I'm fortunate enough to have a um, my girlfriend is also into spicy food, and it's, it's like we've sort of down spiraled. So I think when I first moved to Germany, I was mostly because in the US you have access to and this is I guess the same similar situation in Canada you have access to quite a good selection of spicy food and there's quite a huge range of spicy food um and you move to Germany when I moved to Germany this is not the case it's the, it's the exact opposite everybody here is very spice intolerant and uh for this kind of reason I feel like almost in protest my girlfriend and I tend to make very very spicy dishes now and uh now it's gotten to the point where, like, if we don't put, like, some sort of ghost pepper in our dish sometimes, like, there's some meals where we just put, like, ghost pepper or whatever on our meals. And it's just been, like, it's been getting out of hand. And I've also, I've made a video a few months ago where I had made, like, um, a stuff called guasacaca. And mm -hmm. I had put in, like, in the recipe, like, oh, yeah, just six habaneros, no problem, or whatever. And I got so much shit for it. People were like, what the fuck? You can't put that much habaneros in there. That's going to kill somebody. And I just like realized, I'm like, I think I have a pepper problem. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that this is, this is basically where I'm at right now. And I don't know if eventually I'm going to be ending up in a hospital for eating too many spicy peppers. But yeah, Logan, definitely. Actually, <laughs> awkward thing. This is an intervention. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it, I I might actually need an intervention for some point at some point for this because it's getting like it's getting out of hand. It, like it's right now like ghost peppers are are absolutely they're great and I love them and they're like kind of really the limit and I still cannot handle them very well. But I can see in like another five to ten years like getting past this and be like okay that's like that's baby stuff now. Um, and then I don't know what I, what's going to happen, so... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're just going to be, like, obsessively breathing your own yeah. types of peppers. <laughs> just, like, sitting there, just, like, trying to find, like, the spiciest pepper and just, like, trying to, like, <laughs> deal with that. So what what kind of got you into the road of trying to make sure that, like... I mean, so you're, I think you're, you're... It sounds like you're interested in eating spicier peppers. Like, what has kind of gotten you going down this road? Well, my entire rest of my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, they're all pretty good with spicy food. And my dad, he doesn't go to extremes, but he definitely goes through phases where everything has a little bit of something on it. Okay. Like, every meal is going to be a hot sauce or a chili oil <laughs> or something. Yeah. Again, that, he, that's... He, doesn't, he doesn't go to extremes. 
it just goes to like consistency. Yeah, but I I think I just want can I, say, I just want to talk about this for just a second. I feel like that's something that if you're into spicy food, that happens. Like you start you can't have a dish that's not spicy. If it's a savory dish, you just have to put hot sauce on it or something. Like mm-hmm. it, it can happen. Yeah, you know, there's just certain dishes that automatically have some spiciness to them. Yes. That I just can never eat. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, I, I want, like, with Korean food, you know, if you don't like spicy, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, that's true. And it's, I, I also find this really interesting that, like, each culture has their own type of spicy. And Korean spicy, for example, is so different than, like, Thai spicy or Mexican spicy. Yeah, it's just always been about trying to get a little more tolerant just so I have more options. Okay. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, what I use a lot is the Korean chili paste. Because okay. it's, it's pretty decently strong, in my opinion, anyways. But it's easy to, to dose. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever had it, but I, I definitely know the connection of, like, finding a spicy sauce that you enjoy. Have there been other hot sauces that you've had that you, like, really enjoy as well? Not really. Again, usually it's either I'm using gochujang or I'm making something out. I'll use a chili flake like in, in a dish. Did you try, have you, like, have you gotten into, did you ever get into sriracha, for example? No. I, I missed that bandwagon. Yeah, I think that that happened, that came and went, and I, I don't know, it was, but I still, every once in a while, really enjoy sriracha. How do you feel about Tabasco sauce? Um, I don't, I don't mind it. I just don't have it in the house. I mean, right? so... Because I mean, the reason I have, I have gochujang in the house because I make kimchi. Okay, yeah, and that so makes sense. Kimchi is sort of a big sort of bridge for me because it can be really hot in terms of garlic and ginger flavor. And then it's also spicy. So it's like, I know I can tolerate the ginger and the garlic. And then I slowly sort of get used to the other forms of spiciness. Fair enough. Uh, and so I, I don't really know this, this... I'm sorry, can you say it again? Gun, gun... <laughs> Gochujang. Gochujang, okay. Uh, how spicy is gochujang compared to other, like, I mean, for example, compared to Tabasco sauce, I mean, would you say it's... I don't, yeah, I don't know the scale. scale um, That's fine. And I don't, I mean, I don't have enough experience with other hot sauces to, like, okay. really make an accurate comparison. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty strong. Okay. Hmm, I have to check this out now. I'm gonna go, go find this. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> and, um... um how are you with pepper or garlic? I will put as much pepper or garlic as I... So with black pepper, I definitely uh, love it in certain dishes. For example, I really think it's just impossible to make a proper um, southern gravy or um, alfredo without black pepper. I think that those mm-hmm. are just like absolutely crucial. Um, as far as garlic, I will put as much as I am feeling not lazy. So I love garlic, but I'm just really bad at peeling it. And I don't know why. I know there's a million tricks on how to like peel garlic quickly. 
but it still fucking takes me, I think, about like 30 seconds per clove or more. And this means that if I want to peel like, I don't know, five cloves of garlic, sometimes I'm there for five minutes just being like, and uh, it can get kind of uh, intense. Um, but the, the, the few times where I've done like really garlicky dishes, I really enjoy, I've really enjoyed that. And I love the really garlicky dishes, especially when I don't have to cook it myself. Have you had a proper culture of pepper? No, I oh, have not. You must get, I, get get some pecorino and just yeah. I you know honestly I, this is a sad thing, but like my my experience with Italian food is very 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 limited. Um, I honestly just have had maybe like five really good meals with. Uh, good Italian meals, like proper ones that weren't just like me making pasta. And um, some of those weren't even very good. So I really need to feel like I need to go to a nice Italian restaurant at some point and like actually experience proper Italian food. Yeah, you just watch my videos. Yeah, yeah, or could try to make it using your videos. It's a good point, good point. Um, I don't know why, but I'm really into... Uh, I, I For some reason, I've always been more into French or, or Asian food. I, mm-hmm. It's just been kind of a weird thing, so... Um, but you know, that's, uh, that's kind of tying back to spicy. Um, the Italians have a completely different set of peppers that they use. For example, um, they use these more pepperoni style peppers that are really like, um, I feel like there's different types of spice and like, there's like the long burning spice that like, you know, you can eat a bunch of them and then eventually after about 10 minutes, you start to really feel it. And then by that point it's too late. Um, I feel like the Italian peppers though, they have this really quick, like, goes straight to your tongue, burns, and then it's over, um, kind of spicy. And that's also really a nice kind of spice that you can have. Um, I think, for example, like the Ariabata, I might be completely mispronouncing that, um, sauce has a really nice, like, kick, but it doesn't, like, linger for too long, which is pretty nice. Uh, yeah, again, it depends. Because also, like, my grandmother grows chilies and she makes a chili flake and oh boy that'll fucking burn your face off <laughs> that sounds nice it's um, just like it's just like my grandmother and my uncle just growing and drawing random chilies <laughs> i have never been able to do that myself i've tried so many times to grow my own chilies and every time it's just turned out to be a complete and total disaster so uh kudos to them um so, all right, let's let's dial it back for a second. Let's go back to um, uh, let's go back to the chilies and stuff. Is there any particular dishes that like? So you said that certain dishes that you weren't able to have because they were like inherently spicy. Is there any like goal dish that you're like, I want to be able to handle this so that I can have this? Or is there some dish that like got you into actually wanting to try spicy food? Okay, I think a real a real aha moment for me was kimchi okay and like cooking also cooking with kimchi and i'm like oh i like ginger and garlic and then i'm like you know easing into the the red chili paste that's part of the kimchi and then i start using the, ch- the chili paste and other things and also now you know i can tolerate like a proper well as proper as i can get like a, a texas chili okay that's and then, good. Yeah, my dad also loves Mexican food. Okay. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> he makes sauces and other Mexican-ish dishes. 
Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's. I think that's also I like, like a jalapeno. Like, I think is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, a jalapeno. I, I, a, I can probably tolerate it in a dish. I mean, it's a good benchmark, and I think that honestly, like the jalapeno is like the real. To me, it's like the last hot spicy pepper that has a really great flavor. At some point, that like for example, I don't really like habaneros. They don't have a. They have like kind of a really almost bad flavor to me as compared to like jalapenos, which actually have like a really amazing fruity flavor that just like goes great in everything. Um, like when you add a habanero to a salsa, for example, to me, it just adds spicy. And that's, you know, that, that definitely has the time and a place, but it's also not, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not like you want to add this to a salsa for flavor. I don't know. Or sometimes I, you see I, this. I feel like there's a lot of like of the Mexican chilies. There's a lot of variety there as well. Yeah, like, yeah. If my dad's ever in the southern United States, he, like, stocks up on dry chilies. Yes. Yes. And also, yes, exactly. And these Mexican chilies, for example, the, like, um, Anaheim, the, um, there's just basically everything. And there's such a range. You have these, these chilies that you can make, like, a mole from. You have, like, these dried um, ones. You have, like, the smoked and dried jalapenos for chipotles, which are really amazing. And also, there's, like, um, the hatch green chilies from New Mexico are just, like, oh, those are so fantastic. Um, I think this is kind of a cool thing, that when you have the ability to eat some spice, you can kind of experience these things. You don't need, like, a super intense level to be able to handle, like, hatch green chilies. But, you know, they can be spicy, but for the most part, like, they're not. And the flavor for them is just it's fantastic, and it's just not, not something that you normally would have. And the other thing is... Even outside of kimchi, there's a lot of different ferments that I want to try that are nece necessarily spicy. Like, I want to make and try my own yuzu kosho. I want to fuck with dobanjan, which is a, a Chinese uh, chili and bean paste. Yeah. That's so it's good like, stuff. You, know, you, got, you got to have a tolerance to even, like, Make that pasta. Yeah. I really am missing these days, like, true American-style chicken wings that are spicy. Uh, I just... I'm dreaming about these right now. I just... These are something you can't get in Europe at all. They're not They're not available. I don't know how available they are in Canada, but probably pretty available. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, honestly, this is one thing I really love spicy, and uh, it's just impossible to find here. But I think... Yeah. Eventually, I'll, I'll get I, more. I've heard wings are getting bigger in the UK. It's possible, actually. Uh, I haven't seen them here. The weird thing is that, like, the chick... I don't know if it's because, like, in the US they marinate them, which I think is the real answer, or if the second reason is because they have some weird, like, mutant chickens with, like, super, uh, super large wings. But, like, the chicken wings you get here are always, like, super dry and super tiny, and they're always, like, baked instead of, like, you know, deep fried and covered in sauce. And uh, yeah. it's 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 really interesting because like the the wings you get here you have to like kind of really use the tips of your fingers and hold them very daintily and they just don't have that like punch in the face uh, that you get from from American style chicken wings. Um, I wonder if the UK yeah it's possible the UK is actually uh, adopting this trend. I saw a documentary once about some like UK chefs. That went to the Buffalo Wing Festival. Mm-hmm. Because they had, like, they had a wing restaurant 
and they made their own their own sauces and they competed in the buffalo wing like contest that's fantastic uh, hopefully that that spreads further it's a funny thing because like i think in general with food it's it, with the interesting thing one of the interesting things about to me about food is that it's really hard to describe to people why something is good you can mm-hmm. describe to people for example i've ex- described here i'm like i've explained away like chicken wings they're the best they like they taste great you know they're spicy and all this stuff but like you can't really convince somebody with just words like why they should be trying this. And I've had this multiple times where I've tried to convince somebody of eating something. And I've been like, look, this is amazing. You have to try it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then you go and you make it for them. And then they eat it. And they're like, whoa, this is amazing. How have I missed out on this? Or you take them to a restaurant that you know does whatever really well. And the same thing happens. They're like, wow, this is amazing. I, I really love it. You know, of course, every once in a while, somebody's just like, no, I don't like this. But the point is, um, I think the reason that food trends, for example, spread so slowly is because you really have to convince people. And unless, for example, somebody from the UK has been to the US and like experienced what chicken wings are supposed to be like and then gone back and been like, I'm going to make this. I'm going to make this like happen in the UK. There's no real incentive for, for people to, to adopt something new or like to understand why something is the way that it is. Yeah, it's like, again, I, I, I've, I've tried to convince people of the merits of, of Campari and other sort of better things, and that did not go well. I mean, so, but like when you have, so when they've actually tried it though, how have they felt? Yeah, they, they hated it. You know, it's, I think that's also another thing, going back to the very beginning of this episode, we can just kind of tie this back in, onto itself. It's, it also, it, it takes time, I think. So, um, for example, one of the things that I had here when I moved here um, was the stuff called Iron which is this, um, it's a Turkish uh, drink that is like, uh, it's yogurt and milk and salt. Mm -hmm. So it's like basically a salty yogurt drink. And um, it's very liquidy. And I, when I first had this, I was like, this is disgusting. I will not eat this or drink this ever again. I just think it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, But slowly, over time, I I don't know why, I kept coming back to it. And I was like, I'm going to give it another shot and see how this goes. And... um, you know, I was like, why? At some point, I was like, why would you ever put salt in a drink? It makes no sense. Um, but, anyways, after enough time, like after about a year of me consistently, I don't know why, continuing to try it, I started to really enjoy it. And now I actually really like them. And I'm like, oh, I love actually an iron. Like, this sounds great, especially in the summer when it's hot. Like, and it's it's a funny thing that I think that your brain has to do some rewiring somehow when you experience something that's completely unknown to you before. You can't just on the first go, usually be like, this is amazing. Uh, your brain has to somehow rewire and say, no, actually, I like this. And um, maybe this is why we grow up to, to enjoy different foods as we grow and as we get older that we didn't as a child. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on for, that? For me, yeah, you know, I think that's probably the, the general case for sure. But for me, with bitter, I mean, for black pepper too, uh, something clicked. Like, again, I went from really having a low tolerance to bitter, to then I'm like, okay, boom, coffee, dark chocolate, uh, cocktail bitters, Campari. Like, all at once. I, I'm really, like, really, yeah, maybe, maybe though it has to do with some sort of brain remapping, though. Like, maybe at some point you're, the, the neurons just connected and we're like, bitter equals, uh, like, happy, <laughs> like, equals dopamine or something. Like, um, 
I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm curious about this, and, and it would be interesting to find out, like, what, what drives the, the fact that people change their tastes over time? And, um, and, I mean, I'm sure this is a very complicated answer that involves, like, way more than, like, just simple, like, a simple answer, but it would be interesting to find out. It's also interesting that, like, again, for me, I'm basically, like, in terms of my tolerance of bitter, I'm, like, I'm a 60-year-old man. Because I'm, like, I'm outpacing my dad in my tolerance for Campari. Because my dad likes <laughs> Campari, but, like, he, like, I was like, oh, that's way too bitter for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, an interesting thing about, actually, just really quickly, you mentioned old people um, and flavors, and this is maybe the last part of, like, Continuing from where we, are, where we are now, like eventually we will be old men. Um, I have a friend of mine who worked in a nursing home and he was actually the cook, cook at the nursing home. And he was saying that no matter what he did when he actually cooked, he always had to use super strong ingredients because most of the people's uh, sense of smell in this old folks home were just like gone. So the only way that they would like be able to taste anything was if he just used ridiculous amounts of like peppermint oil or lemon oil, or something mm -hmm. that, like, a normal person would be like, oh, because, like, there just, there was no way to get through, like, the, the, to make it taste like anything. He just had to use obscene amounts of, like, flavoring that, like, I mean, it, and then eventually the people loved it, and he was, like, saying that, like, this is so weird, like, he would make, like, a pie or something like this, and he would have to put, like, basically almost half a bottle of lemon extract in there just before people would actually be able to tell that it was an actual lemon pie. Um, so this is maybe our final, like, that's where we, that's where we're heading, whether we realize it or not. <laughs> yep, we're gonna grow old, lose our taste buds, and die. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks. On that depressing note, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> no, I mean, hopefully, um, uh. I mean, I think in general, people's tastes also get more mature. I mean, um, for example, I have no, I have no ability to... Uh, handle very strong cheeses but i feel like if you if you keep trying like like if you try anything if you keep working at yeah, it over I, time I, i'm getting pretty good at that yeah i mean that's good and i think that that's something that you should try and i mean for me that's like to me that's like you said with your spiciness you, you know this is a goal for you you wanted to acquire that taste and you worked at it and mm -hmm. um and you know i'm guessing that this is also another this is another way to to, to start to enjoy something if you I know, for example, friends of mine that d didn't like beer at all. Um, they just hated the taste of beer. But they kept like kind of trying it, being like, I want to get into this. And, and those people, those are the ones that like end up loving whatever the food is more than the regular person. And now those friends mm -hmm. of mine who, you know, who didn't like beer are now the ones that are like the beer connoisseurs who can tell you like which brewery used what kind of hops and you know whatever and I'm like I don't know it tastes good like so I, I think that like yeah. it's also a skill you know you can also treat it like a skill and be like hey I, I want to enjoy this yeah well I, I got that's that's a, that's a small episode yeah I think this is good so um do oh, we... ch check out uh, patreon.com/brainstormkitchen Yes, please, and also please, uh, if if you're enjoying the show, which hopefully you are, um, be, be like first off, feel free to let us know. I, I I'm not getting a lot of comments on the YouTube um, channel, um, and I would like to know what you guys are enjoying, what you're not. I'm I'm really not getting a lot of feedback on my side, and it would be nice to know what we can tune. And um, 
as well, if you if you do enjoy it and you think you have a friend that can enjoy it, um, please uh, feel free to share this um, and and let us know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. This will really and, help uh, us. If you are on YouTube, there is also, of course, a SoundCloud link in the description if you prefer audio only. Yes. Um, and I think that's a really good, uh, a really good point as well. So, um, and if you, if you know, for example, if you're listening to this and you run your own podcast or whatever, also feel free to get in contact us with, we would love to talk to you. Yeah, we can do so, a collab or guest episode or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, for example, Quinn, uh, I, I guess you and I wouldn't mind, uh, guesting on somebody else's podcast as well. So oh, yeah, <laughs> we're like, sure. We're definitely open people. So I think with that, then we can probably close out this episode and uh, call that that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.